Hello, how you doing? This is Richard Barnes. This interview was recorded at the Martial Arts Exhibition in Coventry, October 2013, and was part of the Martial Mind Zone. It was an opportunity for me to find out a little bit more about the guests, what got them into martial arts, and what they had learned on their journey. This interview is subject to copyright. For more information, visit richardbarnes.com. Okay, so without further ado, it's time to chat. Hello, this is Richard Barnes talking to Mick Tully at the T-Max conference. Uh, what the hell were you doing on the chaser? <laughs> what, yeah, do, do that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, go. You know, you'd say, you, you, you've just come back from, you know. I try, uh, forget yeah. the martial arts conference thing. Yeah, I yeah. can talk about that in a minute, you know. Yeah. It's nice to meet you for the first time ever, by the way. Oh, uh, we've never, ever never, met. Never, ever met. No, well, no. The last time we met, uh, no. The first time we met, we both had hair. Yeah. And we were... Devilishly handsome men. Yes. Do, you, do you ever look back at that and realise how good looking you were? Um, uh, do you know what? It hasn't degraded so much for me as it has for you. Uh, no, so I don't uh, have to look back, sir. But I haven't said that. Yeah, I'm, I haven't said that. As a person, I'm like Barcelona Cathedral. Yeah. It's going to take another couple of hundred years before so, I yeah. fully yeah. reach my potential. But yeah, is that because you're not finished yet? Yeah, exactly. That's I'm a work is. in progress, like us all. So look, look we're at the T Max conference. Uh, I'm going to ask you what you're doing here, but you just told me the story. You've been on the chaser with Bradley Walsh. I have. So, yeah. so did you do the? You know, I did the chaser. I did, and unfortunately, I had to sign a contract to say. Oh, uh, you know how, how you, you can't tell us. I can't say if I won or if I've lost, but what I can, I can say certain things. Yeah. First of all, uh, I was, and I quote Bradley Walsh, Mick. I'm okay to swear, aren't I? You can do what yeah. you like, mate. Super, Mick. You are a fucking legend. Uh, <laughs> And the floor manager said, if only we could get you back again. So uh, I, I, I think I was quite funny, but the only thing was Bradley Walsh did mug me off. And this is my disclaimer right now. I had to give a little piece of advice and I had to channel my inner Kyanisha, or basically I had to channel my inner Oprah Winfrey or any very demonstrative black lady who moves her hand around saying, build a bridge and get over it, sister. And I did that while we weren't filming. Bradley said, that will be hilarious. Do it. I had my reservations. I did it. And then Bradley mugged me off on TV over it. And then apologised afterwards, but said it would make great TV. So I have to admit, I grudgingly... I grudgingly How did you get on it. in the first place? Have you been it on was, like some dodgy website? Uh, want to be on a TV well, uh, Yeah, want to be on a... No, no, it was actually want to have a goddess of the Ukraine for a wife.com. I was actually looking for a mail-order bride. And unfortunately, it just... I, I, it you just you came, were looking for a mail-order bride? I was looking for a mail-order bride. And you ended up on the chase. Yeah, that's how it worked. No, I, Actually, it's really. I did a deal. Uh, well, sorry, I had a bet with a guy, and basically, he's going on a TV show. So he said to me that he could get on it, and it was really hard to get on a TV show. So I said to him, "Anything you can put your mind to, you can do it. You tell me what game show you want me to be on, and I guarantee you, I will be on it before you." And um, he said the chase because it, it's like the hardest TV show to get on. And I got on it. I got, went through the auditions. Bear in mind, people who have gone for it, they were as dull as dishwater. Uh, but it was a, it was very very good. It was a, ve- it was a very nerve wracking experience. 
It's more it, literally. It's, it was more nerve wracking than anything. So fight. you know, let, let's let's link these two concepts together. Then, how did your martial arts experience set you up for going on the chase? Well, if you didn't, <laughs> what do, a crap question! Yeah, well, no, no, no. It's a pretty good question actually because I was super nervous. Yeah, yeah. And I was completely out of my comfort zone, and uh, it was just. It, it, it is. It's actually quite interesting stuff because it was stuff like. I had no idea of timing, which is really important in martial arts, especially now in jiu-jitsu more than anything. It's being in the moment and understanding. But the problem is with the TV. They'll talk to you, but it's not like a conversation. It's very contrived. So they talk, then they wait, then they smile. So it's like when you're dealing with someone in customer services face-to-face and their command of English isn't very good. So you speak to them and then they smile and you go... You got Are no you, idea. You don't know what I've just said. <laughs> what 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 do you want out of me? And it was very very strange. But once we got into it, it was really good. And it was the two main things was first of all, somebody set me a challenge and I did it, which I wasn't really that interested in. And I could have, who knows? Hopefully, if you dear listener do get this and you watch me. Put it on Facebook and tell me if you thought I looked like a jerk or I actually looked all right. <laughs> Bear in mind, you have to remember that if I look like a jerk, I don't really care because I am one. That's the difference. You had fun. I know that. You had fun. And I had a great and you won a bet. I won a bet and I can tell you this much. I actually did beat the chaser when it was up to me. I can't use my hearing as a complete excuse, but when the questions were written down, I beat the chaser. When I was asked the questions... Not so much, but I put £23,000 into the pot and everybody, I even got a standing ovation from the chaser because he said, what you did took a huge balls. And it didn't really because I was answering questions while standing at the world's biggest iPad facing a guy who wears a white suit who goes to work, who looks like an Indian man from Del Monte. It wasn't that hard, trust me. <laughs> but it was... like Outside it was, your comfort zone. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was. It was outside of my comfort zone and it was putting myself to use the term loosely out there I was putting myself out there open to ridicule but you know the people that I love yeah if they do ridicule me I don't really care because it so what you do, what, okay, what, okay, so so I'll get your autograph later on because I've never met anyone that's been on the chaser and let's face it I mean that's up there with you know you know what, what happens at um, in the United Nations, you know, bringing na- nations exactly. together? Exactly, you know, it's that what's, what's, it's, it's up there with what Stephen Hawkins does yeah, done for physics. And as, I, as I said, as I said when we were walking off set, because Bradley Walsh said to me, he goes, 20 seconds, that was all that was between you and £23,000, Mick. And I said, yeah, but first of all, I never saw that money. <clears throat> that was a number on a screen. You have to remember that. Secondly, I'm not relying on this to pay for my mortgage. Right, because when he asked me what I wanted to do with it, first of all, if I'd have won five thousand, I'd have gone to Vegas. Then he said, "What if you win twenty-three thousand pounds?" I said, "I'm going to go to Vegas and I'm going to waste the rest," which he found highly amusing. But as we were leaving, he said, "Aren't you gutted?" And I went, "Why would I be? The world still turns, and we still have our yeah, yeah, yeah. good looks. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one out of two. That, uh, <coughs> the world's you know, turning. Yeah, um, hey, leave it out, man. Let's uh, so T Max. What are you doing here? Uh, tomorrow, today I'm talking to your delightful self. Tomorrow, I believe we're talking again. Do you know what? I've had to pretend I haven't met you all over again. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, but I'll, I'll probably have a different perspective on life because yeah. you know life changes so the world dramatically. Turns. Of course it does. And do you know what? Unfortunately, it's turning underneath us. Yeah. We just got to jump on and stay on the right. It's, it's fun. So, and then tomorrow I'm teaching. So teaching tomorrow. What's this about British Championships? Oh uh, what jujitsu? 
Yeah, didn't, didn't you do something this year or something? Yes, yes, I, uh, I, I uh, actually won my category as this is actually amusing. Oh, he's you're touching like the hand again. Look you're at like that. this. You I feel like, like Terry Wogan on beats. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this was one of the things that was brought up on the chase because uh, yeah, I won the British Open, so I'm British heavyweight Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champion. I have to add this at my age. At my grade and at my weight, so that's sort of defining criteria right there. So, as I said to Bradley Walsh when he asked me, I said, "For large middle-aged men with bald heads who wear pajamas, roll around the floor trying to rip each other's arms out, I'm pretty good." But there's not many of us out there. But yeah, it's, yeah, great scheme of things. You know, I'm not devaluing it by the way because I, yeah, you know, I train really hard for it, and I'd like to give a special shout out to Professor Neil Simkin and his wife Katie, and everybody up at Simkin martial arts because he's the guy who first of all taught me into it and secondly opened my eyes again where so you know, how did you get to do it i mean was this another bet someone said hey, Mike, no, no, you can't it, be british champ it, no it was it was what i would actually call positive peer pressure i was in a i was in an environment where uh, my good friend Maka, who's sitting in on this can agree he's our last uh, audience no he's he's he's, he's there <laughs> um, it's the hardest working gym I've ever trained in bar none uh, so what made I, you go there? Uh, because it scares me, it still scares me I went there last night, I'm a broken man right now uh, it's at Junction, I get off at Junction 7 on the M6, I live at Junction 2 so for 5 junctions I basically crap yourself Yeah, and I work out maybe 20 different reasons why I shouldn't go there and the minute I walk through the door I feel wonderful again. And the minute I walk out of it, I feel like a broken 24-year-old man, not a 44-year-old man. Uh, it's just a wonderful environment. And it's there's a little bit of tough love in there. Uh, when you walk onto the mat, Neil doesn't care if you, you like him or not, that he isn't there for that. He's there to get the best out of you. There's a real honesty there. He has compassion and he loves every single person he trains there. But... So it's obviously the right score because you've got great results out here, but what, what made you seek it out in the first place? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, well, I might as well tell you the truth. I'd wrestled and grappled for years, and I, I had hidden away one of a, a dear, dear student, who, a friend of mine as well, Stephen Mayle, who's also a British champion, uh, who got his purple belt maybe a year ago. Uh, Steve's been around forever, and he kept badgering me because he said, you'd be really good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but you need to put the kimono on. Uh, and so basically it's either wrestling men in spandex which is what I used to do yeah yeah to now wrestling men wearing pyjamas which yeah. is what I do well I do both of them but the well, it's more, scares it's, it's, me it's more, more, multifunctional you can, you can go straight to bed get home yeah exactly that and not only that train get a bed yeah, you, can get feel up, like, you feel like Hugh Hefner a real yeah. badass Hugh Hefner yeah. apart from the fact that I haven't got three women on the go at the moment oh you're not 89 years I'm old I'm not 89 years yeah, old yeah. and my blood type is Viagra yeah and gin but um, the star sign is um, Pyrex <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I do Test like that. Test your baby. Yeah, go on. Test your baby. No, but it was. I, I. It scared me. So because it scared me, I had to go in there, and it was probably the best decision I ever made. And um, I think, as I've said before, when I was initially put on to uh, Guru Danino Santos' program uh, as an instructor. I got, a, I got a note back from the academy saying that I had a big Brazilian jiu-jitsu shaped hole in my training. 
and you know the guy's a genius so uh, yeah I'm not one of these guys who does the critical thinking and trying to work out why I shouldn't do it mm. and I'm certainly not a yes man I never have been a yes man but I find myself saying yes to a lot of great men that's the difference you know I've, I've seen and touched on what a genius is and I've been lucky enough to be in that orbit and then I've been able to see how that there's there's a, a reflection of that as I've said before and I'll say it again there, there's, there's this thing that I call the, I call it the Inno Santo effect where you see people that have been directly with this guy and you see a reflection and no one's a copy that's the crazy thing because everyone follows the same methodology of training but because it's all based around the individuality you it it, it, it I, it's just awesome so what's what's next with it and you, you oh uh, the, you, did yeah, the British, well, you know where, where, where are you going next with it i've got the i've got the nottingham open coming up which is a pretty big tournament for uh, victor Estima, and then uh, i'm going for the european pro trials next year see how they go I'm going to do the Naga as well which is a Nogi uh, which some people would say would be a step backwards because I'm going back into where I feel more comfortable but I'm actually going you have to, to wax stars. for that won't you uh, no, there'll be no waxing here okay. I, no, I, that's why they call me Big King Monkey yeah yeah uh, Yeah, uh, trust me if you're a grappling simian you don't you do not sh- you know you you got to be a Wookiee yeah okay. that's the way that's why we have rush guards yeah I mean uh, and uh, yeah Brass guards and, uh, and leggings. But yeah, that's where I'm going to go with that. And uh, yeah, with the Jeet Kune Do, just to try and keep, you know, try and keep abreast of it. Try and keep up with, you know, these guys that I follow. Tomorrow I'm going to talk to you again. I'm going to pretend like we've never met before. But, Do, I'm, but I'm going to ask you at the end of it, yeah. you know, what's Mick Tilly going to be in 10 years' time? And we'll, we'll talk about what got you to where you are today because we can't talk, talk, talk about the chaser and we talked about what you're doing and you, you are at T-Max and you will be teaching so we'll, we'll save well, that for tomorrow well as everyone knows the first part of my life was a bad country and western song but you know it, it's alright what I want is what, if a I, fine time to leave me Jolene yeah yeah four hungry children and a crop in the field okay. yeah but hopefully hopefully the end of my life is going to be like a Busby Berkeley huge Hollywood Broadway number yeah. where everyone's singing, dancing, or maybe for some of the younger listeners, a Basil Ehrman movie where it's just a thing of beauty. I love Moulin Rouge. Hey, oh, I tell you what, I love Great Gatsby. Hey. Is that gay? Uh, if well, it is, I don't care. Do you like watching the Oscars? Uh, do you know what? I love watching the Oscars and I love watching Neil Patrick Harris. Have you ever seen him? No. How I Met Your Mother? You've never seen him in Hugh Jackman? No. Is that, is that, have I got to hire that from um, Blockbuster on the way well, home? They, they, do, they do a lot of the Tonys and the Grammys uh, awards and Hugh Jackman is an awesome song and dance guy anyway and Neil Patrick Harris is the, 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 the cruelest of ironies. Neil Patrick Harris is in a TV show called How I Met Your Mother who plays like the coolest woman oh, eyes ever. American thing on yeah, the Sky Atlanta. Yeah, he used to be, do- yeah, to be yeah, Doogie yeah. Howser. I'm too busy watching yeah. um, repeats of Top Gear on Dave. No, no, no. If you're going to watch anything, you've got to go back to watching 24 yeah. and there's going to be, there's a new one out about New York coppers. Uh, Sky Atlantic, that's where it is now. TV is the new medium for great storytelling. Let's, let's, let's pick this up tomorrow. Let's it's, pick this all oh, it's, up. It's been emotional, as they uh, Always. Always, always yeah. Rich. Oh, shake we're going to shake hands. Shake this hands. doesn't work yeah, well on yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hello, it's Richard Barnes at the T-Max conference. It's martial arts show for the second day. It's Sunday. And for part two of my interview with Mick Tully. 
Now, yesterday, um, we didn't really t- talk so much about martial arts. We talked it? more about what he was doing last week, which he recorded an episode of The Chaser. Um, you know, TV game show thing? So It was, it was very enjoyable. To tell, you, to tell you the truth, I did it. It was a bet. Literally, a friend of mine said to me it was so hard to get. He was going on the Noel Edmonds, you know, the one where they all pretend that they're really good friends with each other and you know they're all hugging and crying. Open and the wanna, box thing, yeah, 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 deal or no deal, deal or no yeah, deal. That's yeah, yeah, the one, right? So it's really hard to get on. So he's telling me this, and I was like, pick a TV show, uh, this is a hundred pound bet, pick a TV show, and I will be on that TV show before you get on it. And he was like, that won't happen. And I said, trust me, it will. What I didn't tell him was I have a couple of friends of mine who work as producers at ITV, which that's a different story. But anyway, um, I ended up going on the TV show, and yeah, it was it was a laugh. It was a real joke. I bombed out. Uh, I got mugged off by uh, by Bradley Walsh as well, which was quite funny. Um, but it was it was a it was a really believe it or not a really really scary experience because it's like martial arts where timing's really important. Knowing where you are and you know being comfortable in the environment because it's always the same. It's like, uh, yeah, you win know, guys. If you're there and you're playing Chi Sao, you know exactly where you are. But you get thrown in against some MMA guy and he doesn't know the rules of the game. And you're like, but why won't you play? And then we revert back to banging the guy in the head. And then there'll be a nanosecond of Chi out and then you batter him again. You know. And so the environment is really important and the timing was really important. Hang on a minute, you didn't hit Bradley Walsh, did you? No, I didn't. I, I actually did hit Bradley Walsh, but I tell you something. The minute he, the minute he realised that we had a mutual friend, it was really funny because you do this. You have to give them a biog, and then Bradley Walsh meets you, and like literally three minutes before the camera's going to roll, comes up. Yeah, I'm like the fifth player on the team. It's great to meet you and that. And I really feel sorry for him because he's meeting this procession of smiling idiots because we were told that we have to smile because it looks good on TV. Uh, no, it looks like I've been lobotomised or it looks like I've got really, really malevolent intent. If I see the smile, watch. It doesn't work on this, right? But yeah, g- give me a hell yeah if I look scary or stupid. <laughs> Hell yeah. Right. So he's there shaking hands with me. And then it comes out. And of course, I've mentioned that I've done martial arts and I'm bouncer. And it's crazy because have you ever noticed your non-martial arts friends always invite you to parties? And if there's any ever any trouble, they think you're like Jack Bauer or something. And they're like, you'll sort that out. And you go, no, I won't. I'm here for the buffet. They don't, they, yeah, but you're tough. And I'm like... No, I'm not tough. Yeah, I do martial arts because I'm not tough. Uh, that's I'm trying to learn. It's like going to a reading class. They say, well, yeah, is there any chance you can do war and peace in front of everyone? You go, but I'm at a reading class. Don't you get the... I'm learning how to read. Yeah, so anyway, it was very, very scary. Uh, I did beat the chaser. I can say that. Can't say how we won, but let's put it this way. I had the worst team ever. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, because I listened back to what I recorded yesterday. Right? Yeah. And you t- he says to me, I went on the chaser, but I'm contractually, contractually obligated not to reveal yeah, but it's 24 what hours went later. on, right? Okay. So if you listen back to it, not only does he reveal, he tells me exactly how much, what stage he went, whether he won or didn't win. Yes, yeah, so I got into that point. I'm, I'm sorry, you and your contractual obligations went out the window. Yeah, they have gone out the window, but do you know what? TV 
personalities and TV companies have got more to worry about right now. If they're looking at lawsuits, they don't need to see some guy who just messed around on a game show. They need to look at other bigger fish. Actually, the comment about being a martial artist and non-martial arts friends think you uh, you um, can sort stuff out. I always get I always get this. You know, you, they find out you do martial arts or whatever. Or show me something. You know, show me a knockout. <laughs> How's that work then? Okay, you're my friend. Okay, this is an overhand right. I'm going to put it on your chin, and you know, when you wake up in the hospital, you know I've done it right. So. Yeah, but you know, it reminds you ever heard you ever heard this joke about the guy who goes into the circus, and they say what joke what. What have you got? You know, you, we need you, we need this. You have to have a really, really good act. He goes, I've got a great act. They said, What is it? He said, I'm going to lie on the floor and you're going to hit me with a 12 pound sledgehammer in my head. And he's like, What? The ringmaster's like, No way. Signs a waiver. Does it? Like it's a very long-winded. St- this why I'm not a comedian. As you'll find on the chase when he asked me, I said I crashed and burned. So anyway, hits the guy at the head of the lamp, lump hammer. The guy's there. He's flatlining. So start him up. He's got four months in hospital, and this ringmaster's going to see him every day, and he, you know, like the movies, playing music to him, talking, apologising. Oh, I watch Coronation Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's like just the yeah, same but, with Nick, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I t- I, don't get me started on that. I love that. Yeah. But anyway, so comes round, and as the eyes open, he just goes, "Da da!" And that's that's the game, right? But the reason I'm saying that is. No, no, so that's right about two minutes, you're never going to get yeah, back and realise that, don't no, you? Yeah. When you're on your deathbed, you're like, I go, bop, 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 bop. You go, if Mick Tully hadn't told me that shit joke, I, I, I know I could be with a Playboy bunny or something. Yeah. But uh, no, the reason, I, the reason I said that is like when Rich says about, uh, you know, show me something, my one is always the same. If you ever train with me, if I do a seminar for anyone, I always say, and I'm going to teach you the most important martial arts technique you can ever learn. I'm going to teach you how to beat somebody up with their own arm, which I don't know, but that's a pretty cool thing to be able to do in martial arts, right? And it's the only technique, when I first met Sifu Rick Fay, I call it the $1,000 technique, because my training, like, the training didn't cost me any, it cost me a 1000 bucks to get over there, and then everything was basically free. But when I came back, my wife says, so what did you do? And of course, I'm looking through my notes, and I just couldn't remember any of it. And I was like, and then I remember the last bit that Rick showed me, which is if you train me at one till two, you one till that? two you today, like yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. The fact this is going to go out tomorrow doesn't matter, but you know, yeah, well, if, if you, you want to go using my time, if you, yeah, if you want to, if you want to book me for for seminars in the yeah. future, no, so and parties and everyone weddings. goes like that, and then the, hey, it is. weddings about sorry, carry on, hey, no, but when you do it, people go. It's really funny. It's really ludicrous. It's quite cool, right? There's aspects of it that you can see where it would work. Um, and then they go, but that would never work. And it's like my whole thing with martial arts. I've never, ever bought a car wondering if the ABS or the, you know, or the airbag works. That's martial arts. How many guys walk in and go, well, I want to see if it works. And you go, no, you don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't be here. You'd be into that pub down the road where all the gypsies are right now. Yeah, or you'd be, I don't know, in TK Maxx shoplifting. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or if you've got a Tay Barnes, in Tay Barnes, right? <laughs> Just being there. But, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, Tay Barnes. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is the truth. If you want that. Hang on a minute. Tay Barnes. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It, it's 14 like, courses I did. 14. They're all small bits, you know. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's certainly not Egon Rone, is no, it? No, it's not. Uh, it's yeah. certainly not Egon Rone. You get, what I like about Tay Barnes is you go in there and you see these guys and 
they'll pile up the plate and they go, oh, I don't like it. You know, like they're, I don't know, some disgruntled millionaire. You know, you've paid seven quid. You can do that all day long. You're not impressing me by throwing food away. This is what I don't get about Tay Barnes, and I'm going to link this to martial arts at some point, right? When you go to Tay Barnes, you've got a plethora of stuff all laid out, right? And like you say, people go up and load up their plates. And they have a big pile of food, right? So they got the Italian mixed up with the Chinese, mixed up with the English. That's chicken duck mixed, right mixed up, mixed up with the salad, right? And they don't like it. And a heart attack. And I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. When I when I went up there, I went up 14 times to try 14 different things, and I put each individual thing in the center of the plate to see if I liked it or see if I didn't like it. I didn't have a huge mountain of food or whatever, yeah. so I got the taste. And the, the exactness of that particular dish. And you might know, like say, it's not Egon Rone, but at least I got to figure out whether yeah. it's good or not. Now, let's link this into martial arts, because really we should talk about a bit of martial arts. We here. should do. The, and the martial arts that you do. You know, you've just talked about, right, um, if you want to find out if you know what stuff works, put yourself in an environment that yeah. does work. Do you feel then, right, there are some unequivocal truths in martial arts and the rest, as Master Ken says, is bullshit? Yeah, 100%. The, well, first of all, if you do martial arts, it, it's, for me anyway, this is, you know, and it's my opinion. So my opinion matters nothing, really. But to me, it's everything. Yeah. That's the one thing you've got to remember. Um... Martial arts is funny because for men, men have completely different reasons to get into martial arts than women do, right? Most of the time, women are really rational about it and they go, well, in the, in the, in the case that it may, I'd like to have an idea. And most of the time, that's why we do a lot of running and a lot of screaming in children's classes because, you know what, physics works. And, you know, with the greatest respect to this young lady here, it's the same again. When I see people say, I'm going to teach someone, like rape prevention the minute I hear that I'm like first of all it makes me feel awful and secondly I'm like do you spend your whole life going through looking for like bad experiences whereas guys go into it and they're going well I'm just going to see if I'm tougher than you and then what they do is they spend two or three years of doing that and they go no now I'm going to be enlightened and you go don't bullshit me. You still want, like, trust me, at 44 years of age, that's why I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Because I like to tap people out and just go 40 plus BJJ, bro. Slap them on the head and then go again. Because I, I, as a man, I still need that validation. As enlightened as I am, I still need that validation that against somebody as skilled or more skilled or younger or older that I can test my skills. And not in this, I hate you, I'm going to kill you. You know, the... As I said before, my idea about the reality-based training is you've got a black belt and shouting at each other. That literally is what it is. Because it's like, you have to try and bottle people out. And it's funny because you don't see women do that. You know, you tell you, next time you go to a Krav Maga class, you go to any reality-based martial arts class, walk in there and see a woman. Like, and the, the only woman that's in there, if she's in there, she'll either be teaching it, and if she isn't, she's wandered in, done a couple of classes, and the guy's going, you're too extreme. We need you to get out. You don't need this. You're scaring the crap out of us anyway. But it is, it's, you, you, you have to embrace the fact, you know, that you enjoy punching each other in the head. Or kicking each other or testing the skill and then the enlightenment bit tell you that that's just trying to appease your ego afterwards because it's like well no I'm there to be a better person well if you're there to be a better person why don't you go and work for Cathod you know that's you know that's the thing or why don't you go and you know I, I know 
go and be a, go and work on a telephone line for the Samaritans or child line. You know, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to be a better person. Really? By punching someone in the head? Do you not see the irony here? So what's the point of doing martial arts? Oh, okay, so for me, you, you martial arts and you're telling me for your experience, for, for what you do it for, is affirmation of you being a, a decent male. Yeah, but no, but the thing is, because that's the starting point, wow. it means that then I can look and I can judge everyone else, not judge, but I can look at people and think, well, they've got worth too. Because it, it is all... For me, you have to feel good about yourself. That's the billion-dollar industry right now. I want to feel good about myself. Well, how about just raise your raise, raise your raise your heartbeat, lower your cholesterol, work out a little bit, be surrounded by like-minded individuals. Like the best friendships you'll ever have in your life are through martial arts because the bullshit has gone away. That you know, there's no bravado, there's no nonsense, and then you can start looking at people and judging them initially on their physical merits. But, it, you know, it's one of the beauties of training with like Guru Danny Santo. As he said, that bit there, where we're punching and we're kicking, is the entry level into cultural appreciation. That's one of the 12... That's one of the 12 levels of Kali that we, we hopefully study. Because how many of you guys do Wing Chun, right? How interested are you in stuff that's Chinese? As opposed to not doing Wing Chun. Yeah, and have you, it has it made you look at... Uh, some Sun Tzu, some of the, you know, some of the Book of the Five Rings, you know, you wouldn't look at that if you were playing rugby. So it does give you this cultural appreciation, but immediately you have to work out and just go, yeah, I'm a scared man. That's the first thing I always say if I ever teach anyone. Let you into a secret. I'm shitting it too. And not just here, but in life in general. Because that is what it is. No one ever told us. Being grown up sucked rich. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm too old to grow up. And you never ever figure it out. I realised this a couple of years ago. Where I was like, I've been with my wife for 24 years, right? So we've been married 19 years, been together for 24 years. And I still have to work at it. And I'm like, wait a minute, that isn't like in the movies. We, you know, we go off into the sunset and... I ask you to make me a sandwich and you make me a sandwich and it doesn't work like that we have to still work at the relationship and that's the same as martial arts and that's the beauty of it the real base idea of just getting in there and affirmation as a male but then it's you learn to learn and you, you get good at learning other stuff really quickly Yeah, and that's all it is so I've got this theory and I've asked this question to lots of people and I had this initial theory of why people do martial arts Right. And it's been modified from some of the people I've spoken to. Um, I've got this idea that if you strip all the bullshit out of the way, people go to do martial arts to find peace. Right? They may go to do martial arts to learn to defend themselves or improve their health. But that's finding peace. Yeah. That is, no, it is exactly that. But yeah, now you've stripped that right down, and that is the truth. But do you know what? How many times have you gone somewhere... And you've found somewhere on the way. Like, they don't... This is the crazy thing. One of the great things that... If you, if you guys ever get the chance, train with Danny Nosanto. The guy's just a legend. You know? And I'm not a Bruce Lee fan, by the way. Yeah, I'm a huge Danny Nosanto fan because the guy is just like... Uh, the guy, it, basically, his blood type is integrity. You know, he was offered 20 to $30 million after Bruce Lee died and 10% of the gross of every school and anyone who's done martial arts knows this before Bruce Lee every town in America had a saloon bar a hairdresser's and a church after Bruce Lee saloon bar hairdresser's church karate studio 
and because they they talked at length about this because they were obviously first best friends secondly they were devising this way they were you know because you know Bruce was a you know, he was a big thinker you know let's put it this way you're wearing an MMA t-shirt with Bruce Bruce Lee on the front right that's it you know he was the guy that says research your own truth but the problem is and this is the crazy thing my Wing Chun sucks that's why I don't do enough Wing Chun in jiu-jitsu, in my JKD, it's as simple as that. Because I'm not intelligent enough to understand how important the nuances are. That's it. But do you know what? The, the, the bit that I have is gold dust to me. That is, that is the thing. And you see these guys poo-pooing different arts. And they say, but you're a karate guy. Why don't you do this? And a lot of guys will train, but they don't want to go under this umbrella of, I do everything. Because do you know what? That's like having a favorite child. You know, if you've got five kids, you can't. Because, you know what, family reunions are going to be shit. You know, when they're 30, you know, you spent all the money on educating him. And that is what it's like. You know, with me, I'm trying to balance all of this. And I'm, at the moment, I'm doing way too much jujitsu. Literally, Rick Fay came in, and I was working out, and we were doing some stick and knife, and I love, literally, I love Carly and the Screamer. I love it. So I'm working away. And Rick just looked at me for a second. Anyway, you're doing way too much jujitsu. And I was like, how does this even look like? He said, you move like a guy who does too much jujitsu. Start swinging the stick again. So start swinging the stick. And he goes, no, I told you to do Carly. You're doing too much tie boxing. And the problem is, that is what I do. But the whole JKD thing was huge. But like with Dan and Santa, they were trying to work out how they could get this out and make people do this. We can't work out how to sell that shit now. Like, I'm not, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. But when people ask me what I do, I say I teach martial arts. Because I haven't got half an hour to explain that, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to expose you, not in a pesty way, but I'm going to expose you to different arts and then say to you, pick out what you think would work for you. That's your foundation. And then go out. And it's really crazy. Martial arts is the only thing that I've ever seen. Uh, apart from religion, which is which is bad. Don't get you on that one. No, but where people have more in common with each other than they don't, and they still find ways to argue with each other over really, really petty things. Mary was a virgin. Mary wasn't a virgin. I don't know. Here's a question, then. All right. <laughs> it's going to be a short question, but it's going to be a tough one. What is martial arts to you, then? To me, it's... Martial arts is... Come on, what is it? What is it? it I love it. I, I, I truly yeah, you know it. you're telling me what, what, what you like about it but what, what, is it? What, what is it for you what well if with, is it if a what, physical system for, no, it's, a, it's, it's everything it, what, what, what it is for me and this sounds really cosmic and I'm the most uncosmic person you know right for me it was exactly what Bruce Lee and Danny Santo said it would be a vehicle for personal development and discovery that's what it was. It took me from being, if you've ever heard any of my very boring podcasts, my early life was awful. Yeah, I was beaten horrendously by my father. I was battered at school. I was, but having said that, it taught me some cool stuff. Because now, yeah, now I can laugh about it because I go to a school reunion, everyone's scared of me. And it, not everyone, but all the people who were absolute douchebags were. And everyone who was my friend, they loved me. And even the douchebags are like, you know what, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, thank you. Because I'm the sort of person, 
that if I don't have adversity, I will have a mediocre life because I'm a very, very lazy person. Very lazy. And I will take the easiest option I can all the time. I will find what's functional. And then after a while, because I need to, I need to believe in something first and then I can research in it. And with the martial arts, everything made sense really quickly because you're making me feel bad. I make you feel worse. And it's like, when people say, how do you get that guy to stop punching the head? Well, I'll punch him in the head. And it, but it's so easy to work that one out. But it's a hard thing to get in. And I went from being a scared kid at 16 to seeing, I was, you, we know, you know the story. I saw Jeff Thompson in action, battering these Marines. Uh, not Marines, they were uh, soldiers. And um, I just was like this, wow. Bear in mind, I didn't realise it was only afterwards when, you know, I, I actively sought out Jeff to become his friend and stuff. But when I saw it, I didn't realise afterwards. That's no, stalking, it, isn't it? Yeah, it is stalking. No, no, what it was was he... It was one of these. He had something that I wanted. And I used to see him around. And by speaking to him, I could tell he was the sort of guy that wasn't going to just go, do you know what, pardon my French. But he wasn't one of the guys turn around and say, just man the fuck up and go. He was like, straight away, he said... Trust me, I'm scared too. And I went, you didn't look scared when you were kicking the shit out of those guys. And he went, no, no, that's why I did it. I was that scared of what they could do to me. So I took that and I trained and it sucked. Like literally, it really was painful. But it brought me through. And, you know, this is the point where if it was X Factor now, they play, you know, they play a Westlife track and I'd get up off the bar stall and walk stridently into the future, yeah? But what it did was... It made me realise that anybody can have a great life. But this is the crazy one. Define what a great life is. Because most people like great car, great house. Uh, first of all, they're, they're pos- they're, both of those are possessions. You can't possess things. You certainly can't possess a person, you know, unless you're a poltergeist. You can't own someone like that. You, know, you can spend time with them and you can be with them. It's the same as your children. You know, you, you're a custodian there. And like, the thing is with the martial arts, martial arts, you know that you can't ever own it. Because as you get older, this young gentleman at the back will tell you, stuff that you used to be able to do, you're like, why can't I do that anymore? And it is crazy. It's like the old cliche that in fr- inside of every old person, there's a young kid screaming, what the fuck happened there? Who's this old guy looking back at me? And it is, you, you, you don't. You don't get it. And well, if you're lucky, arts, you get short-sighted, you see. And yeah, then when you go to them, yeah, like, that old guy's kind of blurred, and the lines yeah, aren't Yeah, yeah, you're like, wait a minute, yeah, soft focus. You're looking good today. Yeah, yeah. But it's, no, it, it, what it did was, it, it initially... I, you, know, you know, I'm a huge fan of American comics. And uh, people will say that's a stereotype. You know, they're not. Stereotypes, that's completely different. An archetype is it. How many guys here, right, when you were training first, you had a hero? Say it was Bruce Lee, right? Then you met someone that was maybe a little bit down the chain, but the crazy thing was your hero. I, I had this conversation. I've had it with Rick Young. I've had it with Guru Dan Inosanto. And I've had it with one of the dearest give you an idea how much I love this man Terry Barnett I ring Terry Barnett up because he has no children I ring him up on Father's Day because he's the second most important man in my life right and he was my hero at 16 years of age reading Combat Magazine reading about Rick Young and Terry Barnett going off to America training with Dan Inosanto you're like wow then you meet Terry and Terry says I'm just a very boring ordinary man you go that's why he's such a beautiful man because you don't realise the effect you have on people and your heroes become your friends. And then years later, people come up and go, you know what, I saw you once. And, yeah, 
and you know they've come and done some training with me and then they go away and they come back and they're awesome and that's how it should be because if you go back to your primary school teacher and you've become an Oxford Don you should be better than him that's the evolution but the problem with martial arts is that you have to be completely selfless there's that point where you have to just go I need you to be better than me. And then hopefully if you come back, which will, this is what rounds out the whole martial arts thing. You, you are my student, you come back, now you're teaching me. Now you're here because you just must like me. Because initially you must have been there just because you were scared of me or I had something for you. And that's why when it comes and it does, you know, the Chinese do it really well because of the whole circle does work. And as you come back, it's like, say so you just like me. And you go, yeah, you go, wow. Yes, that's awesome because if you put your hands up and you've been married and your relationship has worked, children are different, right? Because children love you unequivocally. They have no, there's no choice in them. As long as, unless you're an absolutely worst dad ever. You know, like if you're Joseph Fritzl, then you know what? You're not going to be liked. Yeah, especially not on Father's Day. You know, it's not going to no be good. No cards there, then. No, no, no. But, you know, your wife, your partner, whatever, that's someone who's actually... They know everything about you. As I say to my wife, it fucking astounds me that my wife, like, she knows everything about me and still loves me. I'm like, and I actually love me. But sometimes I'm like, boy, I shouldn't have done that. But it is mad. And that's what, that's what so martial you, arts has got me. It's given me... It's circular. It's, yeah. it's, it's just come back on itself. Yeah, it gives, it, it gives you an idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is a yin and yang. And the yin and yang doesn't really work for the Western mindset because we don't look at stuff... Uh, we, don't, we never look at anything long term. The minute that I stop drinking, yes, sir. The opposite is, though, do you know everything about your wife? Uh, no, I don't. And do, do you know what? No, no, you won't. No, that's what you've got to remember. That's why women are the best spies in the world. And there's certain things in life that you shouldn't know. You should know. Women 90%. are the best spies in the world. <laughs> women are the best spies in the world. I'm going to do that on Twitter, then at yeah, Mick Tilly. At Mick Tilly, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Let's, let's put it this way. They wouldn't have been struggling to get that bomb franchise back up if it had been a woman doing it. I'll tell you that much. I've got one question left, but before any more questions, from the floor for Mick. Anything? Anything? That's how uninteresting I am. Oh, unless you've covered everything. I probably have covered everything. Although yeah. perhaps it's not... Do you know what? Normally, this sort of wisdom would cost a fortune because I'd dress it up in a load of nonsense and just go, well, now what you have to do is you have to walk barefoot like a masterless ronin. I don't know. Have you been out in the car park there? Yeah? No, no. But... You, you, the, 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 those sort of things don't really they don't translate well you know your journey in martial arts you're not walking like Kane in Kung Fu you know this isn't the wild west and we're not trying to you know redress balance or anything but you know for us our struggle is just as important and nine times out of ten the fighting part isn't that it's just feeling comfortable in your own skin and yeah, you know the, the one thing that I don't like is I don't like this improvement thing, this self-improvement thing, because to do that, it means that you immediately have to say that there's something shit about you. That there might be little things that aren't great about you, but it's like, you know, my early life was a country and western song. The rest of it is, as we said before, yeah. right? First half, this is how I, I view my life, hopefully. Right, at the moment, I'm a bit, it's, it's good because it's a bit of a song and dance, a bit of a West End show, right? But what it is, I want... The start of it was a country and western song. Four hungry children, crop in the field, wife dies, dog dies. You ever listen to some of that shit? Now you know why hillbillies are always angry, right? Because nothing is ever good in their world, you know? Now, at the moment, I'm having a really good time. You know, so it's like, it, it's like a Baz Luhrmann movie. It's ace. 
and it is wonderful and I'm hoping that if it tails off towards the end it doesn't turn into Westlife yeah, if it ends up being you know, no, at least we'll get a key change yeah you will get oh god but you know you know. The, so what, what's, what's the future then mate come on for me final, this final question uh, uh, you, what, in 10 years time what are you going to be doing are you going to be teaching are you still going to be yeah, riding no, around I'll still, that? you're still going to be oh, the British Open champion I'm going to be hopefully all of that and hopefully better because of that, I'll be, I'll be 54 um, then. And turning 40 was great because 40 liberates you. Yeah, most people, you can look at it two ways, right? When I turned 40, I was walking out of Henzo, this may sound like a horrendous name dropper. I walked out of Henzo Gracie's gym uh, just off 7th Avenue in New York. And we were walking up to try and get tickets to see The Lion King, right? And, you know, because they released tickets to Times Square on that night. So we're walking up, and I said to my wife, I said, you know what, if we won the lottery, we would just do a little bit more of this. Life is cool. And it was, it was a proper defining moment, you know? And it was... All this thing came together at the same time, which is I'm literally halfway through. If, I, if I'm lucky and I play it right... Up until 80, I'll, I'll have a pretty decent life, you know what I mean? I mean, like, where you've got some real value and you can still feel good and do the stuff you want to do. And I was like, shit, I'm halfway through. And I've, I've spent a couple of years hating myself for some reason. Why is that? So, time to enjoy it. And I said to Annie, I said, yeah, you know, this is it. We, we, we had a real laugh. And went up to the ticket office, go there, and this is the cool part. Go there, and I'm wearing an Inno Santo jacket over my stuff and the guy isn't even looking up and I said excuse me have you got any tickets released today for Lion King and he looked up he said hey buddy Lion King is the and he looked saw the jacket for a second he says hey man I used to have a track teacher called Dino Santo and I went was it at Marina Del Rey in LA and he went where are you from and I went so I always say I'm Irish because the Irish always get and I, I am well I've got an Irish passport so I must be but anyway I, I said yeah Marina Del Rey and he goes yeah I said little Filipino guy and he went yeah he does martial arts I went, yeah, yeah, I'm an instructor with him. He went, give me a minute. Came back and gave me two tickets for Lion King at face value. And my wife said, finally, that rolling around the floor actually does something. (laughs) And I was like, wow. But, yeah, if the shift works the way I hope it does, the next 10 years is just going to be awesome. So there's no shelf life on the dream. In summary, then, start off, both leaning forward, matching body language and everything. Start off, shit life. Yeah, right. Beating around, whatever. Yeah. Looking for an answer. Yeah. Found martial arts. Yeah. Right. Spent a long time doing martial arts, then seeking out the best people to get the best results. That's that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Seeking out the best people. Win the British Open champion. Yeah. Okay. This year. uh, you intend to continue doing just the same and and evolve. Doing the Europeans. Doing the Europeans and Naga next year. Yeah. Uh, um, um, After doing all that, the best thing that you found in life is truth, happiness, yep. right, through the martial arts, and face value tickets for the Lion King. Exactly that. But you know what, Rich? The crazy thing is, if I'd have invested that much time in course fishing or in any endeavour that makes people interact with each other... You couldn't have done course fishing, no, sitting on a bank, I, being quiet. Do you know what? Do you, no, no, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't, certainly not. But anything that takes time and dedication to do, you know... Which one is not Aido's the sword art? Which is the archery art, the Japanese one, where it's being in the moment and the whole important. Pardon me? Kiryu. 
It is kudo, yeah. And it's and when you release the arrow, it's over. And you're like, what? And it's all about being zen and in the moment and stuff. And it's anything that will get you that. But martial arts works well for the very, very primal brain that we have at the moment. And that is what that is what it is. But you can have it in anything. But as I said, my biggest gripe with martial arts is we don't get on enough. You know, even in the JKD world, well, you don't get on with him because he's with this guy and he's with that guy. I, I'm like, really, I don't care. You know, if you want to know the truth, I'm indifferent about you. And then you say that to people, they go, but you need to like me. No, no, the world doesn't have to be absolute. I don't need to like you. I don't need to dislike you. You know, it, I could be fond of you. I could be indifferent about you. Yeah, but the minute that you don't love somebody, you obviously hate them. And you go, no, because if you look at everybody in your life, there's certain aspects that you don't like. Yeah, is it... This young gentleman said earlier, which was smart, your wife doesn't know. No, because guess what? If I focus on the stuff that I don't know about my wife, I probably wouldn't like it. And you know what? What are we? Like, oh, this is showing my really geeky side. Any of you guys ever see uh, Star Trek? Deep Space Nine? You know the really hot chick who's got the side of nine, that? Yeah. Not seven and nine. Half woman, half toaster, full boner. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Uh, no, I say that to my wife. She always goes bad. No, uh, but there's, there's this race in it called the Trill. And they've got like a slug inside, and it's always like a really hot chick. But then you see the slug, and it's a duality of man and the symbiotic relationship and all that. And you know, relationships shouldn't be symbiotic. That's what martial arts teaches us. You have an instructor, and then maybe he might not be your instructor again, or you might have an instructor and need to go to somebody else. It doesn't have to be that it's all for you, because that is when you end up shooting a president of the United States like that, John Hinckley, because that is obsessive shit, you know what I mean? That, and if you don't know about that story, it's really cool, because, you know, the, cure, the real, how, I'm going to have to stop on this, right, but you'll like this one. How many of you guys have ever heard of a guy called John Hinckley? You ever heard of him? He's the guy who shot Reagan to get Jodie Foster's attention. Do you remember it? Yeah. yeah. How pissed off was that guy when he found out she was a lesbian? You imagine that? It's like, like he's already angry, and then he's like, no! And anyway, I don't even know I said that. It was just, as I said, it's the whole... No, don't obsess. That, that, that's don't it. obsess. Don't, don't obsess. Don't, don't obsess. obsess. Go out and seek. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's Mick it. Tully. Thank you very much. Sorry for boring you guys, but hopefully it was marginally entertaining. (laughs) 